The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Another wonderful opportunity today to talk about some of the dimensions of what it takes to actually reach out and be a servant of God in a missionary context somewhere in the world. And, you know, for some, they want to go to the hardest places, be involved in the most difficult of circumstances. And we'll talk about that today. Paul Lukens is back with us. He and his wife, Carol, and their four children moved to southern Ethiopia to serve God amongst the Morsi people. That's a nomadic and unreached people group in southern Ethiopia. A tough time adjusting to the lifestyle living in somewhere like Ethiopia when you might be used to the creature comforts that we have in Australia. But Paul Lukens back with us today and to talk through some of the issues of what it takes to really invest your life in serving God. I mean, this takes things to a little extreme, but let's welcome Paul back to 2020. Hello, Paul. Welcome along. Good day, Neil. Thank you. Paul, when we talk about this idea of investing your life, you've spent 15 years investing your life with the Morsi people in southern Ethiopia. Uh, it was something of a culture shock when you first arrived there. It certainly was, and it was never a long-held plan of mine to be a cross-cultural missionary. I thought my role was living in rural Australia and supporting missionaries and being involved with local work with Indigenous people. But God gave me another plan and a, a desire to fulfil it, and it's been very exciting. And it's been a reminder to me that I am full of weaknesses and I need to trust in him to do anything that might last for eternity. As a husband and a father, you are part of and sometimes the leader in the decision that says we're going to transplant our family from comfortable circumstances in Australia to a place like southern Ethiopia where uh, things are very difficult. How difficult was it for your wife and for your children to make the transition along with you? Well, thankfully, my wife was like-minded to myself. She was very open to cross-cultural ministry. And because we both came from rural Australia and we knew a bit about uh, less sophisticated life and having to survive with droughts and floods and four-wheel drives and all those sorts of things. And it was not so hard as it might be for some people. Our children were very young. Children tend to pattern on their parents. So if the parents are happy, we think the children are happy. And in our case, our children, being so young, most of them preschool, were still able to say, we as a family are going to share the gospel with people in Mursi in Ethiopia. So with that positive outlook, it really didn't matter what we confronted. It would be new and exciting for them as it was for us. I think you've got to be careful that you don't think, oh, this is what I'm leaving behind as the dominant thing. Oh, how am I going to recreate my life and live a little Australian life when I'm in Ethiopia? No, no. 
you're going over there to live their life. And so you're learning new and exciting things and becoming a part of their world. And with that positive spin, it makes all the difference. And your children growing up in a mission context, in very tough circumstances, because we're talking about a nomadic tribal group and uh, most people are in survival mode. There's not a high level of literacy. People are working in agriculture and mainly with cattle and those sorts of uh, livestock industry type things. With your children growing up though, they've become used to that. When they hit their teenage years and they recognise that uh, we're Australian, maybe we've got another life somewhere else. How do your children grow up into their teenage years and uh, appreciate being on the mission field or having some dreams about doing something back in Australia? Well, they really uh, took to it avidly, and that never changed. In fact, two of our four children didn't want to return to Australia. They had been back here at times, but they were more like tourists when they came because it was exciting being almost going from theme park to theme park with electricity 24 hours a day and water supply that was reliable and all that sort of thing. But their heart was in what they had discovered there. They'd grown up in that context. They knew nothing else. And so they were very happy to have local little friends who didn't really speak their language or understand anything about their games because they played with sticks and rocks and our kids could play the odd computer game and write with pens and pencils in books and look at DVDs. I mean, it was just such a different life. They just learned how to live in two different worlds. And thankfully, because our children have come to know Christ just through reading God's Word with them every day, morning and night, Old Testament and New Testament, they saw a purpose in being there. So when they came back to university, yeah, that was challenging. But really, for those people who feel sorry that they've missed out on stuff, I would say it's the other way around. Our children have not missed out. Those who do not go and experience those things and look back at Australia and the Western world from that perspective, they're the ones who probably are missing out. And of course, you need to be mindful, I imagine, if you're talking about investing your life in serving God in mission, that there are going to be times when you have to take account of uh, your children's education, you have to take account of uh, caring for ageing parents. And I know there's been some issues for you uh, in, in making some sorts of decisions around there because, you know, family's important as well. Yeah, very important. So we have grown up with multi-generational Christian family we have had parents who cared for their parents and we're now in the stage of doing the same thing. And so we are back in Australia for the foreseeable future with a parent living with us and uh, another parent, um, in a, the two of us, uh, in the, with another family member. And we think that is a good expression of the gospel and what should be done. And we want the people, the see to see that that's how Christians can live. And so those things are very important to us. I guess it comes back to the sovereignty of God. Is Do we have a God who's big enough to handle these things? Does he absolutely need us to proclaim his gospel, or can he do that some other way? And so we're leaving it to him to do some other way uh, without us over there, but uh, we can do something here that's very positive. We talk about investing our life in mission. Uh, sometimes people will think that starts with like a Bible college or theological education uh, to prepare you in a grounding to be able to serve God on the mission field. That wasn't necessarily your story, but you were qualified in areas of agriculture. That opened real doors, and uh, you didn't have the theological degree behind you, but, uh, but your skills and your life experience prepared you to be able to serve in the way that you do. That's exactly right. So my, plan, my life has never gone the way I planned it. I had an accident in my last year at university, and that I, led me to doing farm work. 
and I have actually never left the area to which I then went, and that's decades ago. So just one thing has led to another, and it's not been my plan, but it's obviously been God's plan, and it's been most challenging and most exciting as well. So my wife followed a more traditional path. She has been to Bible college, and I have actually done part of a, a course, and I'm currently doing a diploma uh, through Moore College and in theology, and I've done some other study overseas. But it's not all about study, but certainly for my children and for any young ones involved in God's work, I would advocate them to think hard and do some theological study because, as my wife says, a sharp axe cuts down more trees. So why not be a sharp axe if we can be? And so that's one of the aspects to look at. There are many other ways to prepare and living life and learning how to be dependent and learning how to earn money and learning doing other study. I've done some postgraduate study, which has become really important for my context overseas. All those things are worth considering. And when you're talking about investing your whole life in mission, there's all sorts of things you have to keep in mind too. And you say you had an accident when you were in university, but if you were carrying on some particular illness uh, to the mission field, you might find yourself in deep water and uh, not much support there. What do you have to consider when it comes to your own health if you are thinking about serving in mission? You need to be assessed and analysed independently by specialists, whether it's in psychology or medicine or whatever, before SIM would consider taking you on. And you need to be realistic about the field that you might serve in. So there are many places these days where missionaries can work in a field where lots of services are available and that will be quite sufficient for them to support them uh, in another country, another context. For us, living in the bush in Ethiopia, a two-day drive from the nearest city where rainfall events can block the road at any time of the year and do block the road many times of the year, those sorts of things were not very practical. So we had to be able to survive on our own, but that's not necessary. In terms of giving your whole life, you give your whole life until God redirects you. And really, it's only a small part of my life that I'm giving. It's Jesus who gave us his whole life when he died on the cross. So in terms of what he gave us, anything we can give back to him is very small. And I would consider that what we have done 15 years is only a small thank you to Jesus for what he's done for us. And we're prepared to push on and do whatever he puts in front of us, whether it's here back in our home culture or over there. And really, we need to be gospel proclaimers here. So are we wasting our time being back in Australia? Well, no. We have new neighbours here who we don't even know because we've been away so long. So we're starting all over again with another generation of people proclaiming Christ here in English, which we understand quite well, instead of over there. I can hear you saying we're all missionaries, just that we do it in different contexts. And But you do make real sacrifices going into a context where you have there in southern Ethiopia. As you reflect on your past 15 years, Paul, what would you say it is that makes the experience really a fulfilling experience? Because you wouldn't want to be spending 15 years and coming home with absolute disappointment or uh, I've made the wrong decision, I wasn't following the right way, I, you know, I chose to, to do this, but it wasn't really God in it. How do you, you recognise the fulfilling good things about serving? Many thoughts come to my mind, but we've asked our children that. Do you feel like uh, this has been a difficulty for you being over there? And at no time have our children said that is the case. None of them would have changed anything. 
My wife had to homeschool our children for 10 years until they got up to senior high school level because there were no schools in the area at all. Uh, she found that challenging, but not a problem. In terms of sacrifice, we've never thought about our work and ministry opportunities as sacrificial. All we thought about of was as an opportunity to serve God and be faithful because he's been so faithful to us. So it's not sacrifice, it's opportunism, and it's privilege, really, to serve him. It's not been hard. Uh, I would advocate people stepping out because it's a, a challenge to our faith, especially as comfortable Westerners. Can we really trust this God of the Bible to do things like he did in the past, or was that only in the past? And I think we can say seeing people come to know Christ without any other evidence other than what we tell them the Bible says, that is amazing, and that drives us on. So I'd say things like, uh, but how do you, how do you know that this, um, this God said these things? And we say, well, it's written in his Bible here, and they could see from our lives and our conviction that the Holy Spirit really was revealing those things to them and us. And they say, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I can see that. That really does ring true. So those things, that is just so fulfilling. But if no one turned to Christ, would we have wasted our time? I think not. Because you're responding in obedience to what God calls us to do. And some contexts are harder than others. And sometimes there's a lot of ground to till before there can be a uh, a harvest. And I know that is the story of SIM as well. Uh, Paul, let me just point people to the website because I know somebody listening to our conversation today who's been thinking about going to the mission field will find your insights so very, very valuable. SIM.org.au is the website for the uh, SIM mission organization here in Australia, serving in mission, SIM.org.au. Paul Lukens, who with his wife Carol and four children, worked amongst the Morsi people, a nomadic and unreached people group in southern Ethiopia. Uh, Paul, great to get your insights once again today here on 2020. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.